The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. The South African Council for Social Service Professions, the SAC, SSP, should advocate more for the profession and supervisors must undergo a specific training course and be accredited with the council. This is according to Dr. Sandra Bridell, who believes that this is necessary in order for the council to be able to support social workers and help them with their work-life balance. In an attempt to gain an understanding of how social workers perceive their work-life balance and their subjective well-being, Dr. Bridell interviewed frontline social workers and managers. Her findings reveal that more than half of the social workers who participated in the study wanted to quit their job within the first five years because of deteriorating working conditions. Social work, of course, we know is an integral part of our lives, and if the practitioners are not being supported, what effects will this have on community and their respective families remains therefore the question. Dr. Bridell is on the line. Good evening, Sandra. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Sandra. Hello. Can uh, you hear me? Indeed, now I can. Are you well? Uh, yes, thank you very much. I can hear a little bit better. Um, the line is it's not so good. We're going to blame load shedding because we are back to those crazy days now. There isn't an imminent yes. um, mass protest to somewhat bring the establishment to order. But what little you can hear me, I'm going to ask for your indulgence, please, because I can't do any more or better than what my environment allows me. Do right. you perhaps no. want to summarize the thesis of your arguments around, first of all, the importance of social workers to the community? and extended yes. issues that a society faces where government and sometimes business quite cannot reach, how social workers are important in stepping in, if you like, where state resources, public and private, cannot reach, do not reach, or somehow there's a mismatch, and the importance of the person that is a social worker. Um, yes, so um, your question being, do you want to elaborate on those points so as to draw out for us the importance of social work, oh, the discipline okay. of social yeah, work, and the okay. protection Sorry. of those persons in that environment? Yeah. Um, well, I can start off with this. Um, the social issues in our country is, is actually um, it's on the fall. Everybody knows about that. Um, we know of a lot of people that are currently suffering we know of people struggling with challenges. Um, yeah, and, and so it is actually absolutely a reality that social workers are needed to lend a hand and to um, provide services to these um, clients, to these people that are really struggling with these social issues. And you know, the COVID-19 really didn't make it any, any better. Um, it actually exacerbated the whole situation. Because of COVID-19, people lost their jobs. Um, uh, these, um, the income is not um, the same as before COVID-19 in some of our families. Um, and so with the unemployment rate, um, on top of that, um, that is really quite a challenge in our communities. Let's talk about the fact that South Africa's socioeconomic disparities really create the kinds of vulnerabilities that make all the more important the work of the Department of Social Development 
particularly the agents of the Department of Social Development, social workers, and how whilst the work is increasing, it's not necessarily true that the agents, the foot soldiers, the social workers themselves are teaming in to the system to create a buffer, if you like. Um, that's very much so. Um, the social workers are um, being reined in to, to create a buffer between um, all of the, the, the social issues and and the, the people that are experiencing those problems. And, you know, social workers are, um, we, we're not that, that many social workers. So at the moment, there is quite a shortage of social workers to render these services that's currently needed. Do you have the numbers? So that is, um, I, I don't currently have the, the, the numbers at, at hand. I'm sorry, I was going no a little bit late. Yeah, so I don't have that at hand. But, um, but there is quite a shortage. And, um, and that means that um, our social workers are overloaded. And that brings me to that point of um, the high caseload, um, the turnover rate of social workers. You see, so the one thing leads into the other situation. Um, yeah, so it, it really isn't helping. There's a program on SABC. It's called Cutting Edge. And yeah. it is largely focusing on the Eastern Cape, or at least the time that I see it, it just so happens to always be in the Eastern Cape. Mm-hmm. Without missing a beat, as it were, that program will highlight deep structural issues as to the poor planning or ineptitude of administration or just the sheer inability of the state's programs and resources to reach where that demand plays itself out. Almost as a recurring theme is corruption, poor Mm. planning, no Mm. planning if there is a form of planning, or just sheer indifference where Mm. somebody who is tasked with offering a particular service is given the instruction to go and dish out that service Nothing more becomes of that. They don't know if the person did it. There's no monitoring. There's no evaluation. And Cutting Mm. Edge comes in to highlight those stories. There's a picture, Mm. or rather there's a video doing the rounds on social media. Anybody who's on Facebook will know this. Of an elderly couple who are put into a drum, a 250 or so liter drum, to cross the Mbashe River by young men who are in their scants while they do that. And that is the only way available to them to cross the river. I would not imagine that location has not previously lamented the issue that they cannot cross the river. Children obviously cannot get from one end of the river to access schools and related public service and related infrastructure. This is not an isolated story. I come from a village where if it rains, we simply have to walk to get to where we want to go because the roads are that bad. Mm-hmm. How does this happen when it is clear to me, it is clear to you and the majority of South Africans listening to this conversation that there is a major backlog? How do we then get to a situation where that backlog is increasing as opposed to decreasing, knowing that there's a sheer demand for such work? Oh, that's a difficult one. I think there's so many factors and aspects that plays a role in um in, in such a situation, but we cannot actually imagine that things like that still happen um, because, um, I mean, as you say, so many people know um, 
that there are currently um, so many services lacking um, and that these people are really in need of basic services. I mean, like crossing the river. Um, so, yeah, so I think there's a lot of factors that play the role. You know, who, who needs to, um, uh, to do that? Um, who's involved there? Who's all the stakeholders? So I think it's more than just one quick answer. Sure. Now, specifically mm. to what you propose, that, that, that there should be more support to the profession, specifically the mm. supervisors and the kinds mm. of training that you refer to. Perhaps talk to us about the kind of training that you suggest supervisors undergo and the value of what that accreditation post the training will do for the profession at large. Yeah, you see, so, um, uh, sometimes we, as you would know with managers in, in any other field, um, sometimes the structure um, and sort of calls for someone to step in as a manager or as a floor manager or something. And then a person gets targeted with that and asked to do that job uh, because there's a vacancy or there's a need and that person then gets um, you know, asked to do that particular job. Um, it doesn't mean that that person is necessarily trained to do that particular job. And this is exactly what it is. So, and that is why I suggested, you know, that supervisors get the same training, a standardized training, all of them get the same training, so that we can standardize this type of supervision, the quality of supervision that our social workers need and then receive in the field. I mean, if you just think about it, if you if you experience some um, emotions or um, have some kind of feelings um, because you're going through a particular challenge or situation, that's one person. The social worker needs up to eight, maybe ten people per day um, sitting on different kinds of situations, dealing with different kinds of challenges, experiencing different kinds of feelings. Um, and that social worker gets exposed to all of that. And on top of that, she, she, she also has her own experiences mm, because, mm. Um, I mean, the, the nature of our work is, is really not a very good and healthy and positive environment. We deal with people with problems. So now you can just imagine having one set of feelings multiplied by eight or ten, and that is what the social worker has um, at the end of the day. You are really so, so exhausted. How should they be supported? What is available for them? I mean, when you tell me that the majority of them within the first five years want to quit, what that also tells me is that those who can quit absolutely do quit. Yeah, you see, now you see that is exactly it. But um, now what we do get, um, I will get to the support just now, but what we do find now is also a trend is that if, if you're not happy at this organization and you, you've been there for one year or so, um, but you really struggle within this uh, organization, then you tend to go to another job. You don't leave the profession immediately. You tend to go to another job. Try, yeah. try that one and see if it goes better. Now it doesn't go better. But now remember, you move from one organization to another, not with a full cup. You, you move with a half a cup. <laughs> yeah. And nobody actually folds that cup so that you can 
start fresh in, on the new, on the um, other side with a new, uh, new, new job. So, all of that also plays a role. But now, getting back to the support, there's, there's quite a couple of things that we need to put in place for the support. Um, number one is um, our organisations. Our organisations really need to get come to the party. Um, they need to try and have an understanding, um, not just manage uh, the organisation um, or the the, you know, the service organisation or the staff. They need to really try and understand what the social worker is dealing with and what kind of emotions she she gets exposed to. So this is the one thing. Um, by doing lots of stuff, I mean you can you can do flexi hours, you can um, do different work um, schedules, you can um, put in self care days or activities for them at work. You can um, try and get them to a wellness program. Um, all kinds of that, those things help because in the end, that the organisation, the message message that the social worker gets from the organisation is. My organization, my managers cares about me. And remember, our social workers cares about our, our, our clients, our patients. And someone needs to care for us. So if they do that, then we feel cared for. And, and that, that helps to fill our cup. The second part that they can do is really to see that, that um, social workers develop. Most of times, there's, there's not enough time um, at the organization. They really are so busy. And then managers just overlook the thing that um, they also need to, to develop some skills and they need to be able to attend workshops and um, conferences and stuff like that. That's, that's really so important because the social worker now not only expands their skills or attributes or whatever to to um, to do the work better and be more mm-hmm. productive, but they are now more able to deal with a stressful and demanding job because now they've got you know they get strengthened by this. They say she she or he is part of a network. They talk the same language. So this is extremely important. I would imagine there are social workers who are listening to this conversation, and I would really appreciate if they could offer their experiences as to what their work really requires of them that had they known perhaps before they even took up to their studies they would have had second thoughts or if they knew that the reality of practice would be what it is Mm. they might have used their degree elsewhere it's not as if the social work degree and the components of the training cannot be used elsewhere. In traditional healthcare spaces, they are incredibly important. I can imagine Mm -hmm. a a social worker is important in an education setup. I mean, think of all the socioeconomic problems in society, how those are felt at home, how what is felt at home translates into the lived experience of those persons coming from that home and somebody from that home, a child presents at school when he or she is in absolutely no condition to present for teaching and learning and the culture yes. of enterprise and research yes. and innovation, that a social worker yes. has got a role to play there. So as a social yes. worker, please come through and give us your experiences, your anecdotes. This is an opportunity, really, if for nothing else, just to ventilate so that we can be more educated as to your experience. But talking about these challenges, everything is done and said. They are trained, 
they are accredited, they belong to a council, they belong to a body, what will that achieve? Or what is the idea behind all of this and what should it achieve? Sandra? Um, just just a minute ago, you, you referred to training and, and all of that. And, you know, social workers, I don't think, really know what, they, what they're in for. Um, they, um, this, the whole um, training, four years of training, is very packed. It's absolutely packed. It's a very difficult um, course to handle. So if you can get through the four years, um, then at least, you know, you've got your basic skills and you've been exposed to some practical work and, you know, you know a little bit of the field. But I don't think that you actually know what you are going to face in reality. And that is why it's so important to have a um, kind of bridging program at our organizations as like an orientation, um, I don't know if that's the right word, um, program to ease them in, into the practice so that they don't, you know, get such a shock in the first two, three months that they don't, they're so overwhelmed, they don't know what to do with these feelings. So, and I think that that's the essence of the thing. Yeah, well, 2134, let's take a call of D in Cape Town. Oh, hi. Yes, um, social workers are so important, especially since in the last few years, one third of all the children in this country have died of starvation. Now, 10 years ago, we needed 20,000 more social workers, but today we actually need 250,000 more social workers, but the government refuses to pay them, pay for them. You know, they won't pay their salaries. And, you know, there's so much hardship, and uh, I don't know, I, they are the most wonderful workers, and we just need more of them, 250,000 more of them. We do need more of them. We absolutely do. Do you stay on the line in case Sandra wants to engage you? But Sandra, I mean, it's pretty clear, right? We need more of them. Do are you a social worker? What is your um, relationship with social work, generally speaking, if at all? Me. D, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm not a social worker. But um, I see the wonderful work they do. Very well. Yeah, sure. No, thanks. Okay. Thanks, thanks for reinforcing okay. that. Okay. And, and, yeah. and this would presumably be a shared feeling. I mean, I don't think there's anybody who would stand in the way of the work of social work or the need for social work the question then is which is my final question to you sandra how against everything that we have said do we yet remain attractive as a profession to young people who are moved by the circumstance of their own mm -hmm. condition or the condition of the extended community to mm -hmm. want to participate in this development of the state through social mm -hmm. work I think it's um, our, our social workers that are in the field, we've got a big role to play there. We need to advocate for our own profession. We need to um, get the profession out there and make it positive because it can be positive. Um, if we make a change in one person's life, we've made a change mm. and that's the positive. And and I think that is what needs to take you through. That's that that is the thing that needs to motivate you and to encourage you to to carry on. This is what keeps us going. Yeah. Um. And and then also I must say that colleagues, you know, the colleagues, your team that you work in, 
um, because we understand one another so well, exactly what we're going through. Um, we are there for one another, and I think that plays an immense role. Fantastic. Well, let's leave it there. All of the very best for you, and let's hope that this conversation will, at a minimum, allow social workers to feel seen and especially heard. Thank you so much for your time, Sandra Bridell. One final conversation, and that is about sign language after the break. Before we go to the break, here's something that I must read. Song as on my bed. Each time I hear you on SAFM, you just sound like a bitter coconut. There's absolutely nothing positive that ever escapes your mouth about our state. I'm not saying be a praise singer to the establishment, but at least be fair in your judgment. I mean, today we have a black man like you on SAFM speaking freely on the airwaves. I know that perhaps doesn't amount to anything positive about this dispensation. But if you were to rewind to 1977, you wouldn't be sitting on that chair speaking out freely into that mic about that government. This is Lebuchang Jerry Konolo from Kimberley. Yes, Jerry, I have absolutely no doubt that you feel better about calling me a bitter coconut. I'd love to meet you and shake your hand and maybe you might have a perspective or two to share with me, but there's absolutely nothing wrong in me being critical. I have rights, I have demands, I have expectations, and I have more than all of that, aspirations. One of those aspirations is I want a success story to come out of this country and I want to have enough success stories so that there isn't an opportunity for me to use your language to absolutely see nothing positive. I want positive aspirational stories to escape my mouth. If there are, there's the line, 086-000-2032. Share with me what they are so let's so that we can engage them. The whole point of having this facility, like the WhatsApp one, is so that you can keep me in check. That is not necessarily keeping me in check. That is just your bitter experiences about whatever is keeping you wherever you are. You sound like a bitter ex-wife or something like that, and you felt better in saying that. You can call me, and you can tell me exactly what the issue is where, and we can engage that issue. But once we start getting into name-calling, in law it's called being ad hominem. You don't move the needle in any direction whatsoever, save to perhaps explain yourself to us as somebody who's got a deeper issue than what you're hearing on the airwaves. If I'm wrong, call me. I'm here, and I'm here until 22 hours.